Hey everybody, this is Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames. This is the episode where we go over all of your comments and questions, and we call out reviewers as well as new patrons, as well as bring you everything that we've watched and all of the horror news that you crave. That's right. And if there's any good ones, uh, we'll discuss some new trailers from upcoming horror movies. Uh, We got a new review, and it had been a good couple months since we got a new review on itunes yeah we kind of had a cry for help last episode and you you know what we got some reviews and you know well one review and we got a new patron so maybe we should uh (laughs) whine about it more often exactly right maybe we should actually like cry and Mm -hmm. see how many we get uh this review came from henry from los angeles and he says if you love movies this is the podcast for you the hosts are terrific witty and funny and not to forget their commentary is just great and there's a lot of star emojis that's right so i think he really means it well thank you henry we really 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 appreciate that thank you so much for breaking our dry spell please tell your friends about us and continue to break our dry spell because we're gonna cry (laughs) so you guys if you want to leave any reviews on itunes or apple Podcasts, whatever you call it uh we will read those right here on the next shooting the flames episode next up we got some comments First one up from Jay Carbon from Twitter. She says, I'm so glad you guys love The Babysitter. Seriously, one of my favorite movies that I have rewatched more times than I can count. And that's a pretty new movie, right? Just in the last couple of years on uh, Netflix. Yeah. No, we were kind of blown away with uh, from it. We watched, um, what was that movie? Ready, Ready, Ready or, or not. not. And we were just kind of blown away by that actress. So we went straight home and we essentially just watched The Babysitter. And I, I love the shit out of it. And I think you really liked it too. I did. Uh, I, I definitely plan on showing people because it's just it's so referential. It's so tongue in cheek, uh, but it's still like straight horror movie. So um, I really dug the shit out of that movie. So I'm glad you liked it too and i still haven't watched mayhem it was the other horror movie with samara weaving oh no i haven't either yeah so i mean it's on shutter i just i haven't got around to watching it just yet but um rob from movie geek and proud was sort of like giving me shit for not having seen this or the babysitter and i was like well i can cross one of those off the list i've seen it now so yeah jay we loved the babysitter so it's definitely something that i'll be watching again and we got a whole bunch of comments from our top 10 horror pop songs episode and i think that a lot of whenever we do musical top 10s we tend to get quite a few comments so this was no exception at matthew mchenry um said oh my god at the film flamers only love for jennifer love hewitt's how do i deal i had the cd single somewhere in storage he also says i was going to give kula shaker some shout out here if you didn't the i know what you did last summer soundtrack is insanely good well there you go validation i have to agree i love that soundtrack and i'm so glad that people weren't just like giving me shit for <laughs> how do i deal on my list <laughs> Uh, the Movie Geek and Proud podcast, or at MGNP podcast, they said, watched I Still Know What You Did Last Summer last week and watched the How Do I Deal video right after. Surreal. Yeah, I mean, apparently it was popping up all over people's radar. <laughs> Got another person. I know. Uh, at Cody Landman also uh, says, love How Do I Deal. A lot of great picks here. Glad to see Looking for the Magic, Getting Love too. Some of my faves include Mama Tried from The Strangers, Total Eclipse of the Heart from The Strangers, uh, Pray at Night, Flagpole Sitta, and Disturbing Behavior, Tear Me Up, and Sorority Row. Those are all great picks. I just I just love that we're getting all these comments for that Jennifer Love Hewitt song over and over again. I think that these are all gay guys too though <laughs> <laughs> well, they've gotta be right <laughs> so maybe that's it I don't, I don't know 
Uh, the last comment from uh, that episode came from the Thanks for Coming podcast, and they said, so y'all teased me with Touch Me. That was a much better pick and so iconic. How dare you? Uh, fun fact, Fantasia 2000 scared me so much, I made my mom leave before the movie was over, so I feel you on that pick. Okay, good, because I was feeling a little guilty for picking that. It's like not really a straight-up horror movie at all, but that sequence is, and it's like so iconic. I had to put it as my number one, so I'm, I'm glad that I was validated a little bit with this, uh, with this comment. So he's referring to when you play that snippet of Touch Me from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show instead of my original choice or my actual one. Oh, I was talking about his last comment about Fantasia 2000. No, I know, but I was talking about his touch me comment because I was trying to figure out exactly what he was talking about. But And I think that... Uh, touch me from Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah that's what he was saying. Yeah. Like, y'all teased me with the touch me from Rocky Horror. Yeah. That is a good song. We love that song, actually, very much. Yeah, we might have to do like a horror movie musical thing. I don't know that there's enough to do that on, but maybe um, someday. Possibly. Yeah, I mean... If if not, I mean, they should make it. We could include every song from the Buffy musical, but I mean. Buffy and God, we'd have to. There's probably slim pickings, honestly. Uh, there's Rocky Horror and. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors and the the Dentist, I think. Yep. Has its own like spinoff, but we it's still it's like slim pickings in order to just not choose like three movies. So we probably have to include things like Anna and the Apocalypse, which, you know. Oh, God. Let's just wait for more musicals to come out. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of Broadway. I mean, like there's a whole Carrie musical and Evil Dead, but they haven't made those movies yet. Oh, so. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had some comments from our top ten Stephen King adaptations, an episode that we released early in October. At RL Terry says the Tommyknocker scared me as a kid, but simultaneously made me want to be a magician. Are you guys gonna watch Castle Rock season two? I haven't seen Castle Rock season one. Um, you know, and I I can't lie, like it wasn't my favorite show. I mean, it started out kind of strong and then I got really bored with it. But season two looks a lot better. It's sort of like the origin story or a side story of Annie Wilkes from Misery. She's working at a oh, um yeah. like a clinic in Castle Rock and I mean it, it looks it looks better. So yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. Okay. And uh, at Torgo Town commented on the Stephen King adaptations, and she says, Salem's Lot, still scary, hashtag all the horror. Yeah, I mean, I watched the, I guess, the, was it made for TV? Yeah. Salem's Lot, and it was good. I just uh, I just never felt the need to, to see it again, but probably because I saw it more as an adult, and I, I never saw it like as a kid, so I don't, I don't have like a nostalgia filter for it, but I do need to see it again. I mean, it's, it's really, really good. I mean, 1979, Toby Hooper. I mean, it's it's right up there. Okay. We got one question this month, and this one's from Vanessa at Vegan Idiot Loser. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, great screen name. She says, hi, love the podcast. The top tens are my fave. Wondering if y'all would ever consider doing a top 10 best practical effects episode. I would love to hear y'all's opinions and get some good recommendations for more horror flicks with good FX. Now we did do, uh, I think a, a contest back in our early days of the podcast of the best FX artists. Yeah. And so we did kind of talk about that. Was that just Patreon or? Yeah, that was a Patreon. Thing. That might've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on Patreon, if you look it up, we do have an episode that kind of mentions a lot of those runners up and, and everyone. So we do mention some of the best practical effects that we believe uh, exist out there today, including things like from the, thing or um an american werewolf in london definitely 
Yeah, so uh, we we definitely should do that again, though. I think we've talked about doing a top 10 practical effects episode. The thing is, Vanessa, we like to sort of tie these top 10s in with the movie that we're recording or movie that we're recording about that particular month. So we like to have a theme going on. I mean, we love themes. Oh, definitely. And we might actually end up doing uh, that with like the thing yeah. or something else that we might cover in the future. Yeah, I was gonna say if we ever covered the thing, it would it would definitely be a practical effects top ten. So stay tuned; it we will get there eventually. Yes, we totally plan on doing it. So finally, guys, we have a brand new patron. So we need to say yay. We need to give a warm welcome and thank you to Charlotte. Thank you for joining the crew over at Patreon. And um, we hope you're enjoying all the bonus content that we have over there for y'all. And um, there's more coming soon. So if you guys want to join Charlotte and become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and you can get bonus content for as low as two bucks. Yes. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for becoming our new patron. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much yet again. Horror News. Sadly, Sid Haig, also known as Captain Spaulding, passed away. You may remember him from a lot of those Rob Zombie horror movies, as well as a lot of movies before that. He's a kind of an icon in the horror community. So check out our link to the bloody disgusting article about his passing. Next up, uh, we had talked about a wrong turn reboot that people were discussing several episodes back. Well, it's filming right now for a 2020 release. Uh, there's really no talk of who's in it or anything yet. So I don't have any more details than that, but um, I love wrong turn probably more than a person should. It's just one. Of I my- liked Wrong Turn a lot, and yeah. of, of course, I love Eliza Dushku. Yes, maybe I'm just a big Buffy fan, but I remember that movie, and I don't know that it needs a, a reboot unless it stars Eliza Dushku again. I know for real, and the guy that was in it was super hot too. Whatever Desmond she Harrington is or something. Criminally underused, if you ask me. Agreed. So I was just like, when I read this article, I was like, oh god, they're actually going to make this movie, and I'm like. I don't know. I mean, I've been surprised by remakes before, but it seems like that movie did came out when in my 20s, you know? So I'm like, yeah, it hasn't been that long. It didn't do that great, but it did get a little like, I think it got a f- quite a few like straight to DVD sequels, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I think it went up all the way up to like six, like wrong turn six oh, God. or something like that. I haven't, I've only seen the first one. I haven't watched the others. Okay. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think it was the cast, actually, because once they started making the movies and there's no Eliza Dushku, I'm like, Ugh, you know, maybe not. But I mean, I could be wrong. They yeah. could be fantastic movies themselves. But yeah, you know what? Give us a remake without Eliza Dushku, but give us an original horror film with her and I'll be happy. Easy trade. That's right. Yeah. I also read an article speaking about movies that I think we both like. Um, we talked about on our last um well, on our end of 2018 episode, where we were talking about the movies that we liked and didn't like from 2018 and looking forward to 2019. And uh, sort of like a rebranding of The Grudge was supposed to come out last February, but they pushed it back. So it's um, it's coming out in January for sure. And it's got its official rating and it's officially rated R, which is different from the other Grudge movies because they were both PG-13. And speaking of Buffy, the original, of course, had uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. That's right. And she was great in it. And uh, so, you know what? If you're going to do sequels or remakes of Wrong Turn and The Grudge without Buffy actresses, then screw you, but I'll still watch them. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and I, this is not necessarily a remake. I think I read somewhere that it's it's happening concurrent to the story with Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's just in America when she was in Japan. So, but it's that's interesting. It's more like a sequel than anything else. Okay, but um, I mean, it's an R rating for like grisly violence and whatnot. So I'm like, sign me up. I mean, I thought the grudge was scary it scared the shit out of me when i watched it in the theater so oh that scared my sister for years after she watched that she would always like i think she came the story is she came home from watching it and like her cat was just staring above her towards the attic or whatever oh fuck no you know like meowing and then yeah and of course the the creepy chick like coming down the stairs all Mm -hmm. you know so that that freaked my sister out for a long time but um yeah i i love the shit out of the grudge um and it and it came kind of in a time where we had just seen the ring like a year or two earlier right um the ring had just come out and so we we had this kind of you know american japan remakes and i think there was a couple others uh, although it should be noted that uh, the Grudge was actually directed by the original Japanese director, Shot for Shot. Yeah, I think it's Takashi Miike, but I could be completely wrong. I don't know, but um, okay. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I will, I will watch this new Grudge, especially now that I know that it's um, I'm going to be a little bit more hardcore than the others. Lastly, uh, it's been announced that Jade Bartlett is set to write the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness movie, which is supposed to be Marvel's first horror movie. Uh, This is the writer who is up and coming, also responsible for the latest draft of The Turning, which is a trailer that we're going to talk about soon. Mm -hmm. When is this supposed to come out, this Doctor Strange movie? Uh, I'm guessing uh, 2021 or early 2022. I would guess sometime in 2021, but yes, they definitely announced it and it is supposed to be like Marvel's first horror movie. And it's looking like it's going to be kind of that, you know, Cthulian type of situation. And they're just trying to double down and say, Hey, we've got like a horror writer working on this just to show you how serious we are about making this kind of a more horror esque entry into the MCU. So I'm really excited about that because I'm, you know, a fanboy of Marvel and I'm a fan of MCU for the most part. And uh, I really, I really dug the shit out of Dr. Strange. I think it's one of the most visually impressive movies of the last 10 years, uh, you know, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to a much more like horror take on that because there's a lot of gold to mine there based on the comics, a lot of Cthulian demonic stuff going on. So it's going to be really cool. Yeah. I still haven't seen Dr. Strange, so I need to, at least I know I have until 2021 to cross that off the list. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Coming soon. The first trailer we want to talk about is the teaser, actually, for Stranger Things Season 4 titled We're Not in Hawkins Anymore. So I, I for one, have watched all of Stranger Things. And uh, yet again, Robert is behind the curve on the TV watching. So I know you're doing your 31 and 31 for October. And, oh, it's kind uh, of fallen. You know, you've been, by the way, you've been so. really, really busy. And. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i'm really excited uh stranger things season three um you know it's kind of seen as a more or less of a comeback a lot of people enjoyed season two i did but it just wasn't uh great compared to the first one season three was a return to form so i'm excited for season four um so that's it's it's looking really good but anyway what's the next trailer we got uh the next trailer that we have to talk about is from a movie called the turning which is coming out in january 
And this is sort of based on Henry James's turning of the screw, turn of the screw. Yeah. Which they're also using as the premise for the new House on Haunted Hill season, right? Haunting of Hill House. I thought that was Bly Manor. Bly Manor is, is from, from Turning of the Screw. Turning, okay. Yeah, Turning of the Screw. It's um the name of the, the, the mansion or whatever. That'll be interesting. But, I mean, speaking of Stranger Things, I think one of the kids from Stranger Things is in the turning, right? Finn. Uh, yeah. Wolf Rock? The annoying one. Is that his name? Is he in? <laughs> 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 I wouldn't know as I haven't watched Stranger Things. <laughs> Apparently, he, he has like a huge following of like little preteen girls that are in love with him. I can see that. And so, yeah. So he's also, of course, in It. Right. Chapter one and two. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess he's just uh, continuing his child stardom. But no, the trailer looks great for The Turning. Um, and it's going to be interesting seeing a take on it from a movie perspective, as well as from a miniseries perspective on Netflix. So that'll be a, an interesting opportunity to compare. And there's a really, there's a, well, there's a classic film and an older film with Deborah Kerr called The Innocence. It's sort of based on the turn of the screw as well. Um, but, you know, that's sort of, you know, closer to the book. This this movie is set in the not too distant past. So they've they've changed some of the, the time period and, and some of the situations up a little bit. But it looks incredibly creepy. And it does. It's one of my favorite like novels. It's a very short novel. It's my favorite Henry James. And so anytime that they're going to make something of it, I get super excited. So I'm mm-hmm. doubly excited to see the turning. Next up, we've got Black Christmas coming in December. And they announced this not too long ago. I think like right at the start of the summer, they announced that it was coming out and it was coming out this December. So it was quick. So yeah. They must have already had it made and ready to go. But uh, what did you think of this trailer? You know, I thought it was interesting. I thought it, actually I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that I was like, I went through and I looked at all the articles and I must have missed that one. Whoops. Well, so to me, if you haven't seen the black Christmas trailer yet, don't because it's one of those, I think that give way too much away from the movie. Like, well, I still need to see the first, um, and the remake. And I, I, and then, yeah, what? the first one, there was a remake about 10 years ago, and then this one. Oh, uh, with like Michelle Trachtenberg yeah, or whatever? Yeah, and like, there was a, I mean, I liked it. It was a, a good movie to me. Okay, well, I, I definitely want to see the first one, and, and it happens to be one of like the three Blu-rays that I stole from you when I moved <laughs> to Boston. Oh, speaking of which, I'm in Boston now. <laughs> Actually, Salem Adjacent. We're a horror-adjacent podcast, and I am Salem Adjacent. So we're recording separately. So if we do sound different, that's because we're still kind of ironing out some kinks. Yeah. And and working on sound issues, too. <laughs> and obviously watching my Blu-rays way over there near Salem, right? Is that? No. Mm-hmm. 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 But for this Black Christmas, if you have not seen the trailer, guys, don't watch it because they I can I pretty much have assumed what the entire plot of the movie is. And it's made some changes from the original and the remake. And it's, I mean, it seems like a fun movie, but I can pretty much tell you the beginning, middle and end of of what it's going to be. So if you are wanting to be surprised about what this next remake is going to be like, don't watch this trailer. Good tip. Thank you. (laughs) I'll just watch the first one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but with that being said, uh, Chris will need to watch the first one soon because we're going to be covering Black Christmas this December. Every time we we plan our movies out well in advance, sometimes a year in advance, and they keep like aligning with different announcements. Like we were we covered Creepshow in October, and they they do, and they re- <laughs> they release the series on Shutter, and then we plan to do Black Christmas, and then they're like, oh, we're going to release this remake. I'm like, well, my God, we're so fucking topical, <laughs> Jesus. Well, also remember our Stephen King month, just you know for October. Oh, that's right. Everyone else like did a Stephen King month, so mm-hmm. Alamo. Draft and we had that and we had that planned like a year in advance That's right yeah we just we're well on to trends we know exactly what's going to be coming up yeah we've got our fingers on the pulse of you know horror america <laughs> that's right or something else <laughs> dick veins <laughs> recommendations my goodness robert you have done your homework and have outdone yourself because you do not have only two or three recommendations you have five this month i only have three well i was yeah i wasn't gonna do all of them but i guess i can talk about all of these quickly do you want to go first since you have three or uh sure uh you know first i finally saw annabelle comes home yay did you love it I did, actually. I, I don't know if I loved it, but it was definitely a strong... Con- I, you know what? I've loved every single Annabelle movie that's been. You know, the first one I was really, like, hesitant about, and then, you know, we kind of covered that. And then Annabelle uh, Creation, I really dug the shit out of that. I thought it was the creepiest, the scariest of them all, and maybe the most uncomfortable. And then I felt like this one was kind of a cross between the two, but also adding like a brand new element to it. So all three are very different, very standalone movies, which a lot of, you know, horror franchises try and do the same thing over and over and over again. And this, they they keep bringing new elements into it. And I, I really, I really dig the series, honestly. And I know that's, I think uh, horror audiences are kind of split 50-50 on Annabelle and, and, you know, the whole wider universe of The Conjuring. But I'm one of the people that's actually a fan uh, of not only that, but, you know, most horror in general. But Annabelle Comes Home was solid, and uh, I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I mean, so the first Annabelle has grown on me, especially since we, you know, covered it for the podcast I liked the second one, but this one I just really, really enjoyed. And I didn't think I was going to. So maybe the entire franchise is just growing on me. Me either. So. The trailers did not attract me to it at all. I was like, oh my God, they're making it for teenagers now. And you know what? It works for teenagers, so that's fine. But they didn't they didn't pull punches, nope. you know? And uh, it was just as creepy um, and inventive as some of the others, if not more so. And so... I'd love to see more. Uh, I'd love to see more films made in the Annabelle universe. Well, and I think that it opened up some new places for the universe to go to. We got so many different cursed objects and ghosts and demons and things from this movie. I would like to see an entire movie just from that like cloud wolf thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like having a cabin in the woods, yeah, exactly. you know, and then and then kind of working backwards and creating franchises from mm-hmm. there, which is interesting. So it's like we're spawning things like The Conjuring has spawned Annabelle and The Nun, and they're doing their own franchises, and it looks like they're going to have their own children, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, you know, if they're good, great. You know, I don't I don't really have a problem with that as long as it's it's uh, as long as it's quality. Exactly. 
the next thing I saw was, was really like I had a chance to to hang out with my sister. And uh, so we ate macaroni and cheese and watched the sweetest thing. This is not a horror movie, <laughs> but it is hilarious. So if you have a chance, uh, go see the sweetest thing. It is nasty, but also awesome. So I really want to show Robert because he's never yeah, seen I it. Uh, so I was kind of sad that he wasn't there, but it was me and Matt and my sister and Matt actually really, really dug it. So he didn't think he was cause we told him it was a rom-com, but it kind of disguises itself as a rom-com because it's really just kind of its own special thing. So anyway, if you haven't seen the sweetest thing, I would definitely see it. It's uh it's kind of gross, but it's awesome. I have to tell you, I was going through my DVD collection and it's all in like, <clears throat> binders right like i never saved my covers to any of my dvds because i moved so often and yeah um i actually own the sweetest thing <laughs> well you need to see the director's cut okay or the uncut version because it has the penis song and it's totally worth it so if i don't have if i just have a regular version i should skip that and move on to something more hardcore is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> just see the uncut or the unver- unrated version it's uh it's great okay all right what else you got I got El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie from Netflix. And okay, so I am a Breaking Bad fan. Uh, I think everything Vince Gilligan does is quality and great. And he wrote and directed it himself. And uh, I thought it was, it, it treats it kind of like an epilogue of Breaking Bad and kind of follows Aaron Paul's character. And uh, he really, really does like a career best acting job. And so I would highly recommend it to anyone that's familiar with Breaking Bad. Uh, it's an easy watch. Uh, it's highly entertaining, and it has tie-ins to both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Also, an amazing show. Uh, I think all of these, you know, have like ninety-eight percent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. The shows in the movie. So, uh, if you, it's it's not too late to get on the bandwagon of Breaking Bad, um, you know, if you just want, you know, a quick binge watch of a series, um, and then you have a movie tie-in that's that's really really high quality, and then another show that's actually currently ongoing. You know, it's it's a great world to kind of get into because it's 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 moving. It's still existing. It's still alive. So check it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, he's been trying to get me to watch Breaking Bad for years, years, <laughs> years and years. Yeah. I don't know what my fucking problem it's like is. Matt trying to get me to watch The Wire. Did you ever watch The Wire? No, oh. <laughs> but it's on my list. <laughs> I fully plan on watching it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's true. In the same with Breaking Bad. You know, yeah. and Stranger Things, I suppose. Yeah, I did watch the entire three seasons of Superstore recently, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> okay, instead of like other TV shows that I should be watching, I watched Superstore. It was funny. I'm I'm disappointed that neither of us went out to see uh, Downton Abbey. Oh my god, I know what's still playing. What's wrong with us? <clears throat> it's, you know why? Because like. You're like the only person that I know would enjoy watching that movie. And I, I don't want to watch it by myself. I need to enjoy it with somebody else. Well, I really wanted to see it before I moved to go see it at Alamo Draft House so that I could have like, you know, the the, the afternoon tea and like the <laughs> breakfast service and like the other things that they do. Well, I went and saw Lord of the Rings that way. And they had like first and second breakfasts. And like the second one was just like champagne. And like, oh my it God, was nice. great. It was wonderful. So yeah, if you can uh, if you can go to an Alamo Draft House event where they serve several things, they have a pre prepared menu. Do it because it's worth it. Well, so I in October and we're when we're recording this, we're we're mid October. 
Um, and I try to do a 31 and 31. And last year, I successfully watched 31 different movies. Um, this year, it got sidelined a little bit, and I missed several days. And now I'm just like trying to catch up, and I just don't think. Well, it's you did have happen. a trip to Paris and everything. Yeah, there was that. I was in Paris, and so I've I've watched several, but I've missed a couple days, and so we'll just see where the rest of the month goes. But um, I wanted to talk about some of my highlights and lowlights so far, the movies that I've watched this October. And I'm going to start with one called In the Tall Grass, which is a Netflix. And that's Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm really interested to see what you'll say about that. It's based on a Stephen King like short story, short novel that he wrote with his son. And so they each take turns like writing a segment of it. And um, I, I liked the short story, short novel very, very much. Um, it's, it's weird in all the right ways, but it doesn't translate into a good movie to me. Like, I just thought it was boring. And oh, that's too bad. It was like, it was weird, but they didn't explain enough. It was just not, not very good. Um, normally I'm a big fan of Patrick Wilson, but he, I mean, in this movie, he was just bland, you know? And I mean, that's pretty much what the movie was. It was just bland. Pretty to look at, I guess. I mean, I think on, on Letterboxd, I gave it like two and a half stars. Oh, so, yikes. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, if you're a fan of the, of the novel, go, go watch the show, see what you think. And obviously just because one person doesn't like something doesn't mean that you are not going to like it as well. So, I mean, if you like Stephen King, go check it out and, you know, reach out and tell me what you think. Fair enough. Um, I also watched a movie that I have been looking forward to for quite a while. It's on Hulu now. It's called Body at Brighton Rock. Um, this is, uh, directed by Roxanne Benjamin and, um, it was really good. It's sort of about a inexperienced young park ranger and she really should not be doing the job that she's doing. And she goes out to like post these signs on a trail and sort of gets lost and comes across this dead body. And she has to stay with it overnight while they send help for her and like all manner of shit befalls her. And it was actually really harrowing and kind of scary and it takes some weird twists that I didn't see coming. And so, I mean, I just, I, I thought it was really, really good. I dug it. Um, okay, damn. I also watched on the plane home from Paris. I watched uh, the dead don't die, which is something that we covered this trailer several months ago before it came out. This is the Jim Jarmusch zombie comedy, right? With Tilda Swinton. That's right. And I have to say, <laughs> That while I didn't think the movie was, you know, fantastic, it was enjoyable. It's very, very dry, like a Jarmusch movie should be. But um, I, the more I see Tilda Swinton in movies now, the more I just love her. And I, that's see? a huge, huge change for me. One of us. One of us. Gobble gibble. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to sit down and watch Snowpiercer because that might just like push me right over the edge. Yeah, and, and Doctor Strange. And I can't even say why I didn't like <laughs> Tilda Swinton before. I think it was just something about her like elvish face or something that I didn't like. I don't know. But she was... Uh, she's also in uh, the new uh, What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Is she really? Yeah, as herself. Like, there's celebrities that are vampires, and she plays herself, and it's hilarious. That's fucking awesome. And she's also in, in her own uh, vampire movie that came out a couple years ago. Only Lovers Left Alive, yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a Jarmusch movie as well. 
So okay, um, this movie's really really dry. Like I said, it has some funny moments. It has a really good cast, um, and I mean, so I wanted to like it a lot. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's trying to make a message. You know, like equating zombies to like social problems like people using their phone too much and so on and so forth and i couldn't even tell if the message was supposed to be a joke or not but i mean it's funny just to watch carol kane as a zombie walking around going yeah i felt like it was more like a, a device was it which was like champagne yeah she was like chardonnay <laughs> <laughs> i mean so it's funny just for that but um i mean it's 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 decent go check it out um also on the plane, I finally watched the remake of Child's Play. Okay. So, and I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed that movie. I think we really like like movies a lot better when the other one of us is like, I didn't really like it. So it like lowers our expectations and then we end up really liking something more than we would have more normally. I think that, well, didn't you say that? I thought you said you liked it. Like, I thought you gave it like a three star review. It was all right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I thought it was good because I was expecting like garbage and I was, I was surprised that there were some really gory moments in that movie. And yeah, I kept looking over my shoulder on the plane to see if like a stewardess or like somebody behind me was like looking to see what the hell I was watching. Cause really I sat down on this flight and went through all the movies and they had just so many different horror options and I'd almost just like, you know, clap my hands with glee going through everything. And so I really enjoyed Child's Play. I think if you were on the fence about it or didn't want to see it, you know, as in comparison to the original, just go watch it. It's a completely different movie. They're not trying to be the same. Um, the one thing that I didn't really care for is like the design of the doll, like of Chucky itself. Yeah. I didn't like that either. It was too like uncanny Valley. Yeah. And it didn't, I mean, it didn't look real, you know? And no, it so, looked obviously CG in a lot of places, but I mean, I found there were times in the movie that I was, I really felt sorry for that doll or I was rooting for the doll and things like that. So, I, I mean, it did its job and Mark Hamill did a good job and the music was great. And I mean, it was just, a, yes. it was just a good movie. I think I gave it yeah. like three and a half stars when I rated it. Yeah. So, Bear McCreary did a great job on that did. score. And of course, I think we put it at the end of one of our episodes the last couple months. That's right. I think we did. And finally, also on the plane, I watched um, a non-horror movie. I watched Booksmart, um, which is about these two like really studious seniors who want to have they want to go to a party their last night of high school, right? So it's sort of like um, like a smart person's American Pie. You know what I mean? Have you seen this movie? <laughs> no, but I've heard great things about it, honestly. And I know that uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter is in it. Billy does a Lord. Great job. Yes. Yeah, she's, Billy Lord. She's so funny in everything that she's in. And this movie was hilarious. Like, I was laughing out loud. I had to, like, stop and look around and make sure people weren't staring at me because I was just, like, cracking up. And I have a very distinct <laughs> laugh. And so, I yeah, mean, you do. if something, like, makes me laugh, like, the entire plane was living, hearing me go, <laughs> like, all the way through the plane. <laughs> My husband kept looking over at me and I was just like, what? <laughs> it's so funny because I sat down on the plane and there's like horror movie after horror movie. And I'm like, yes, look at all these horror movies. And then Rob turns to me and he's like, oh, they have Aladdin. And I was like, oh, so we're both watching something scary. I'm like, good. <laughs> Jesus. 
Anyway, so that's it. I still have a couple weeks left in October. I'm going to pick up my 31 and 31. Guys, if you head over to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you can see some of the movies that I've watched and posted about. Um, I started watching the series Marianne. I have two episodes left, so I'm going to save that to talk about next month on Shooting the Flames. And stay tuned for our next Shooting the Flames, where he'll be talking about all 31 movies that he watched. It'll be a special six-hour episode. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it when I like come to the table with like five fucking movies. I mean, honestly, obviously, I watched more than these five, so I had yeah, to, I had to yeah. tailor it down a little bit. Yes. So you'll you'll pick the best of the best, and maybe mention some of the worst of the worst. So, but with that being said, guys, like I said, go over to social media. You can find us at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can see all the movies that I've watched, and um, let me know what you think of them, or give me some recommendations for things to watch. I always like it when people give me new things to look at. You're gonna just, you're gonna get a bunch of dick pics after that. That's fine. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. <laughs> Well, guys, that about wraps up this episode of Shooting the Flames. But like he said, get over to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where you can follow us at the Film Flamers or you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. That's right. Remember that we read all your comments and questions right here on Shooting the Flames. Head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a little uh, snippet message and we will read that on the episode as well. And check out our Patreon for upcoming bonus episodes and get these episodes sometimes like two to three weeks early. Go to patreon.com slash the film flamers. That's right. And we always appreciate all of the support. Stay tuned for the rest of November. We got a lot of stuff coming up for you here on the regular feed. We are going to be covering one of, well, can you say this is one of your favorite movies, Chris? Interview with the vampire? Oh, why not? I added it to my 31 and 31 because I just rewatched it a couple days ago and mentioned that we were going to be talking about this in November and several people commented. So I know some people are looking forward to it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're also going to be bringing you our top 10 favorite vampire movies and a special hot take. Yeah, guys, there are several horror movies that we're looking forward to coming out this month. So we're going to try and bring you some extra hot takes, and we might be uh, splitting one of those up into Patreon. So go check that out. Well, until our next episode, everybody. Sweet Sweet dreams. dreams.